reaching the saints of God. Amen. I only heard this side over here. What about this side? Are you saints of God? Yes? yes? yes. Greetings to you. Amen. I am very, very happy this morning that I have two able assistants up there. They're, they're helping me out very well today. Amari, thank you. Frederick, thank you. They, these are young men who didn't go to camp, and they're filling in the gap for those who are not here today. So I really appreciate you guys stepping in for that. And I just want to say the campers, God has smiled on them. They had a good, not so hot, not so cold time to camp. That's also the perfect time to camp. Not so hot, not so cold. I don't know if you've been camping before, but if you haven't been camping and it's cold, it's miserable. And if you've ever been camping and it's hot, it's miserable. So when it's like this, where it's like almost perfect temperature, this is the perfect time to camp. Perfect time to camp. And I just want to welcome each one of you Thank you for showing up today. We were a bit concerned this morning that some of you might be slumbering at home today, pretending as if you're at camp. <laughs> but I'm glad you are, you're in the pews this morning. May God bless us as we open his word and dissect some of the scripture here today. Today we are going to be studying. Let us... Let us pray as we begin the lesson. No delay this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that you have given us, your words, that can give us light to our path. As we open your word, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will enlighten all of us as we seek to know more of you and to get closer drawn to you. Is our prayer in Jesus' name topic that we are going to study is today is appropriately the word. Sister, Sister Janet, you preach a sermon. Let's go home. Let's pray. You, know, <laughs> you preach the sermon. Thank you for that beautiful, beautiful children's story. The scripture that we want to start with this morning, and you are going to use your Bibles today. If you know, if you know how I preach, I like to go into the Bible and let the Bible speak for, it, speak for itself. So you're going to need it, whether it's the electronic version or the, the hard copy version. So our Bible text that we're going to start with is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And you're going to only have one chance to see it on the screen. This is the only scripture you're going to see on the screen today. I want you to see it in your own device or your own Bible. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says here, the word of God is what? Living, powerful. Some of the other versions may say something different, but... It's living and it's powerful. And it's also sharper, sharper than a two-edged sword. And so we're going to dive into the word of God today. 
And I'm going to go through some texts. You can write them down because I'm not going to wait for you. I'm going to kind of just read these texts and then we're going to come back and we're going to go into one of the parables that Jesus gave in the book of Matthew. And now, just imagine, we're talking about the word, the word. And so, John, 1 John 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, Your word have I hid in my, hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalms 119.103 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Genesis, uh, Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Job chapter 23 verse 12 says, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. John chapter 1 verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word, the word. The word of God is powerful, as, 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 as depicted there in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse, verse 12. Somebody's paying attention. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. But if we don't read the word, it's of no benefit to us. If we don't study the word, it's of no benefit to us. Having the word on your nightstand just looking at you is of no benefit. Having the word in your devices and not using it have no benefit. So the word is what Jesus is giving a parable in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 13 and we're going to kind of dissect real quickly today what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to start at verse 3. Verse 3 of Matthew chapter 13. Then he spoke Many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much hearth, and they immediately sprung up because they had no depth of hurt. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Verse 7, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Verse 8, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And he, he said in verse 9, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's the end of the, the parable. But Jesus didn't leave us hanging there. He wants us to understand what the parable me meant. And so in verse 18, verse 18, he says, Hear, therefore, the parable 
Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. So Jesus is explaining himself. I don't have to interpret this. Jesus is giving exactly what he meant when he spoke this parable. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that, which, that was smoked, sown in his heart. This is who received the seed by the wayside. The evil one came under what? Snatches it away. Verse 20, and he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arise, arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. I hope none of us fall into that category. Verse 22, now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfaithful. Verse 23, but he who receives the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some one hundred, a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. That is the parable, the explanation of the parable. Let's have the benediction. Just kidding. I know some of you would want to go home. Uh, so, I pray that we all fall into the good ground category. Amen. I pray that we study the word of God and know the word of God for ourselves. For ourselves because the time we used to say the time is coming the time is here the time is here when men are not keeping sound doctrine I'm saying it again the time is here when men are not keeping sound doctrine sadly even from this pulpit Therefore, we need to know the word of God for ourselves. There's no substitute. Your grandmother can't know it for you. Your aunt, your uncle who is a preacher can't know it for you. This is an individual knowledge of the word of God. And I'm going to get to the deeper word later when we connect this word with knowing Jesus. Because it's, the devil knows the word, but he doesn't know Jesus. And so knowing and having a knowledge of the truth alone is not enough. We need to know the truth himself, which is Jesus Christ. And so we are here today. Many are torn. Many are confused by what's going on in the world today. And sadly, many preachers are tying certain things to certain prophecies in the Bible. The news doesn't dictate prophecy. Let me repeat that. The news does not dictate prophecy. Prophecy dictates the news. What God says will come to pass. 
We don't have to run here and there, everything we hear, we want to, oh, that's happening, that's because of full. No, let's go back to the Bible, what the Bible says. The coronavirus is not the mark of the beast. <laughs> right? Let's make sure we understand what the mark of the beast is. Because the deceiver is out to deceive, as Jesus said in Matthew 24, if possible, the very elect. And the only reason why the elect are not deceived is because they're standing on the word of God. That's the only reason. Anyone else who is not standing on the word of God will for sure be deceived. Because the deception is only going to intensify. It's only going to intensify. The Bible tells us and predicts that Satan himself is going to transform himself in an angel of light. And when the world sees that, everybody is going to believe that that is Jesus. And that's going to be those who know that is not Jesus are those who stand on the word of God. It's going to look real, folks. It's going to look real. And if we don't know the word of God, what it says, we are going to fall for the deception. Sadly, sadly, we have preachers who want to predict when Jesus is coming back. Jesus himself said it. Not even the angels, not even the angels in heaven knows the day, not the hour. Yes, we can look at the signs. The signs are great. But nobody knows the day, nor the hour. And that's why we have to be ready every day, every moment of the day. And so we look at, we've been studying in a small group that we have on Zoom, the, the last couple of weeks we've been studying the Great Controversy, chapter 37. And there's some very important points brought out in that chapter that if you haven't read it, and if you haven't, if you read it before and you haven't read it recently, I, I really urge you to go back and read that chapter again. The chapter is entitled, Script, The Scriptures as Safeguard. The Scriptures as Safeguard, chapter 37. I'm going to read a couple a couple quotes from that. You know, as we know, one of the key texts that we stand on as Seventh-day Adventists, one of the key texts that we stand on is Isaiah chapter 8 verse, Isaiah chapter 8 verse, 20. verse 20. Thank you, Brother Elder. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. The great controversy said the people of God are directed to the scriptures as their safeguard against the influence of false teachers and elusive powers of spirits of darkness. Satan employs every possible device to prevent men from obtaining knowledge of the Bible for its plain utterance reveals who he is and what he's up to. So he is making sure that we are busy with everything else. Do I need to list them out? No, sir. All the things that are occupying your time that you can't get to the scripture. 
I'm not going to list them. Whatever it is that is occupying our time that we can't get to the scripture is, can be a device of the enemy to get us away from what is going to reveal his practices, his deceptions, and get us closer to God. He is doing everything, everything in his power. Some of the things are very tantalizing. Let me just say, very tantalizing, we want to enjoy them. Yes, some things we watch on, on TV, very enjoyable, but has no eternal value whatsoever. And let me just repeat, it doesn't mean it's a sin. It doesn't mean it's a sin. I just mean it's a distraction. But the enemy of God, Satan himself, is doing everything, laying every trap that he can find to ensnare us into not knowing and standing on the word of God. And so we have to be, as Paul would say in Ephesians, be sober. Be, is it Paul or is it? That's Peter. Be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion. And he's devouring is devouring. So we look at, at that, that opening statement in the, in the great controversy. And I'll go down to the next one. But God will have a people. God will have a people. This is page 5591. God will have a people up on the earth to maintain the Bible. Are we one of them? Are we, are we one identified this morning with God's people who are going to stand on the word of God? Yes? Yes. And the Bible only as the standard of all doctrines and the basis of all reforms. The opinions, the opinions of learned men, the deduction of science, decrees or decision of ecclesiastical councils are numerous and discontorient as are the churches which they represent. The voice of the majority, not one, now all of these should be regardless as evidence for, for or against any point of religious faith. In other words, we need to stand on the word of God. Doesn't matter how eloquent the preacher is, how dynamic he is. If he's not preaching the word of God, he could be very well be one of the devil's agent. He could very well be. I'm not going to say he is. He could very well be. One of the devil's agents. Satan is doing his utmost to confuse and confound everyone and deceive everyone on this planet. Many are the ways, this is page 597, sorry I'm going to read them all today. Many are the ways by which Satan works through human influence to bind his captives. He secures multitude to himself by attracting them by the silken cords of affection to those who are enemies of the cross of Christ. So we see the enemy of God is just roaring like a lion, deceiving everyone that is possible to be deceived. The only safeguard is the word of God. We should make it as, as we read there in, in, in Job, what Job says, he esteemed, he esteemed the word of God 
more than his necessary food. What, 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 part of, what part of Job was that taken from? Let me see if you are listening. Job chapter 23, verse, verse 12. Somebody is a studious listener here. Or did you write it down? Oh, anyway. So Job is saying, I esteem the word of God more than my daily food. Meaning, before he even have appetite to eat his breakfast, he wants to be in the word. That's where we should be. We should have the word of God yearning for it as soon as our eyes are open. Amen? Amen. We should want the word of God in us. The psalmist says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's the only safeguard to be faithful to God, to hide his word in us. Study it. Memorize it so that we can have a defense against the enemy of God. Let me challenge us this morning. When you have an accident, when you have a minor accident, let me say minor accident, and you bump your toe, what do you say? Ouch, oops. I hope. <laughs> Elder said, my God, have mercy on me. And we, we need to have something positive in our, in our, in our lips so that the, the, the negative doesn't come out. And if we don't have it, guess what? The negative will come out. You know what I'm talking about. You all know what I'm talking about. If you don't have the positive inside, the negative will come out. Or the things that are not pleasing to God will come out. And so we have to fortify ourselves every day with the word of God. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Where in Deuteronomy is that taken from? See you Bible students. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'll help you out. All right. So we are, we are looking at the, 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 the word of God as it says here is like a lamp, a light. Do you wonder why the world is doing some dark things? Amen, brother. They do not have the light. They do. Sometimes you wonder, why would someone do something like that? Because they're in darkness. They're doing dark things that only demons would inspire. But when we have the light of the word of God, we can walk in light. And people will know that we are children of the light and not of the darkness, because we have the word of God in, inside of us. We, we, sadly, Paul was dealing with things that we're seeing today. He was dealing with people who claim to be Bible believers, but that was just a form of godliness. 
but denying the power. What, listen to what he said in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Are we seeing that happening today? Right in our own church, we have people who are giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Why? Because they want to be popular. Or whatever else reason. Or the bottom line reason is they're deceived. And they're not standing and thus saith the Lord. They want to make up theories that are sweet sounding. They want to predict when Jesus is coming. Yes, there are many who want to predict when Jesus is coming. Oh, this, is, this, this, this here is not going to end. Jesus is going to come before the end of the year. That's a false prophet. That's a false teacher. That's a doctrine of demons. Whenever you hear that, you know that's not coming from God. Because he already told us, no one knows the day nor the hour. So when we hear those things, we don't need to even listen to it. That's it. You turn that channel off, go to the next one. Because that's a false teacher. And so we need to know the word of God for ourselves. As we come, as we come to, the, to the close, we, we go back, back there to the parable. And I was like looking at verse 22. And I covered some of that already. The, 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 the challenge of verse 22 of Matthew chapter 13. He who receives the word, the seed, as we know, the seed is a word, is the word. He receives, he who receives the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this life, this world. Stop right there. The cares of this world. Do we have cares? If you don't have cares, put your hand up. No hand go up. Because I know we all have cares. Jesus is not saying you can't have cares. But we should not allow the cares of this life to choke out the word. We should not allow the cares of this life to prevent us from spending time in the word and with the word. Let me hear a amen. amen. We should not allow anything in this world to prevent us from spending time in the word and with the word. Amen? And so we have cares of this life. It's a real thing, but we have to prioritize our time. Prioritize our time. And of course, the deceitfulness of riches and some of us may say, I'm not rich. And I'll challenge you. <laughs> I will challenge you. If you're looking at me right here from the pew, or if you're online at your comfortable place at your house, you're rich. You're rich. Many, every, I think every single person here, anybody here walk to church this morning? Nobody. Nobody walked to church. You're rich. 
you're rich. So the cures, the riches, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And Luke, in Luke version, in Luke chapter 8, Luke says, pleasures of this life choke the word. I don't need to go any further than that. Let's be like those who receive the word on good ground. Meaning, you, we accept the word and we are allowing the word to transform us into the likeness of Christ. As Jesus said in, in John chapter 5, 38. Let's go there. John chapter 5, verse 38, as we wind this up. We see Jesus is saying, But you do not have the word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. Jesus is saying the word must abide where? In us. And who is the word? Jesus himself is the word. He said, in verse 39, he says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Jesus is saying, Let, let's get this straight. This scripture, they testify of me. And remember, he said in John, I, lo I love the book of John, because John, he goes into some deep subjects. And we see there, John says, the word became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And just in case you don't know which word he's talking about, he says, the, and we beheld the glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John want to make it clear. He started out at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And Hebrew reminds us that the Word of God is powerful. Is Jesus powerful? He's powerful. He's living. He wants to live in us. Knowing the word by itself is of no use. The devil knows the word. But the word must transform us and live inside of us. So when people see us and they know that we have the word in us, no doubt, we can, they can see the light walking. Amen? They can see us walking and they say, that's a light walking right there. Let me go run and catch up with it. Amen? That is the word living inside. We know there is nothing good in us. Amen. Let me just get everybody to the right place in thinking here. There is nothing good in us. Amen. The only good that's going to come out from us is when Jesus Christ lives inside of us. Amen. When the light of the world is in us then we have light. Otherwise, we'll do just as bad as any one of those people outside. So we need the word to take root, to live in us, to transform us into his likeness, to be like the psalm says, your word I've hidden in my heart 
that I might not sin against you. The word is sweet. Like Job says, I esteem it more than my daily food. I want to encourage us this today to esteem the word of God more than our daily food, to embrace the word of God, who is Jesus Christ, as our personal savior from sin. May God bless us. If you want to be transformed by the word, let me see your hand today. You want to be transformed by the word. You're making a vow today that you're going to make the word a priority every day. Put your hand up if that's your wish and that's your goal. May God bless us as we endeavor to do that. We're going to sing our song, our closing song. God bless you as we continue to dive into more of his word and learn more of his goodness. That's the theme song. If you can remember it, that's what we're going to close today. Let's get the words. Holy words, long preserved for a walk in this world. There is song with God. Oh, let the ancient words. Words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cope in this world where we roam. Ancient words reside us home. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing
changing me, I'm changing you. We have come with open hands. Oh, let the ancient world in us. Ancient world ever true. Changing me, I'm changing you. We have come with open hearts, oh, let the ancient words impart. We have come with open hearts, oh, let the ancient words Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words. Lord, as we listen to your word, may we open our hearts to receive your word and the word. May we have that personal encounter with Jesus every day. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for giving us your word to point us to where we are in the world today, prophecy, that we will not be like weed in the, in the wind tossed to and fro, but we can stand firmly on your word. Thank you for your love and kindness to us. Continue to bless each one here today. May your grace be upon each one of us. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.